What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Let's kick this thing off. Dave Portnoy is the founder of Barstool Sports. In this conversation, we discuss the business behind Barstool, the new sports book they launched, why Dave started trading stocks, how he manages his money, and whether he's going to buy Bitcoin or not. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dave, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Athletic Brewing. They're reimagining beer for the modern adult. We love beer, and so do they. But they've also loved being healthy, active, and at their best. No matter your motivation, if you want to keep a clear head and drink healthier, Athletic Brewing is there for you. My entire refrigerator is literally stocked with this stuff. Myself and my brothers drink it all the time. It tastes just like beer. It just has no alcohol in it. Athletic makes non-alcoholic beer that you don't have to compromise to enjoy. The beers are fully flavored, clean ingredients, and a fraction of the calories of full-strength beer. They fit in in any occasion. If you want to drink Sunday through Thursday night, Athletic Brewing's the choice for you. Then you can go wild on Friday and Saturday nights with the real thing. So go check out athleticbrewing.com for more details and free shipping nationwide. Again, athleticbrewing.com. If you use code POMP25, POMP25 is the code at athleticbrewing.com. They'll give you 25% off your first order. Go check out Athletic Brewing. Next up is Choice. They're a self-directed IRA product I'm really excited about. If you're listening to this, you're likely part of the 7.1 million Bitcoin owners who have retirement accounts with dollars in them, but not Bitcoin. I used to be in that situation too, but not anymore because I have a choice account. Now you can actually buy real Bitcoin in your retirement account. I'm talking about owning your private keys and using tax advantage dollars to do it too. That's an absolute game changer. Choice, a self-directed IRA product that allows you to buy Bitcoin, hold the private keys and use tax advantage dollars to do it too. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash pomp. Again, retirewithchoice.com slash pomp and go get a self-directed IRA product that'll let you hold Bitcoin with your tax advantage dollars. Retirewithchoice.com slash pomp. Lastly, if you're an investor, you gotta have some art. So how do billionaire investors control their risk? They invest in blue chip art. If that sounds unusual to you, you're not alone. But the ultra wealthy have been investing in art for centuries. And since 2000, art has outperformed the S&P by an incredible 180%. Just a few years ago, a single work sold for $450 million. This is big boy stuff. So imagine being able to invest in the very same paintings as millionaires and billionaires at a fraction of the cost. Now you can when you go to masterworks.com and you use code POMP. Go to masterworks.com. Make sure you use the code POMP because they have an 80,000 person wait list. And if you use code POMP, it'll let you skip the line. Go buy fractional shares of the most expensive art at masterworks.com. Use code POMP and get some art in your portfolio today. Lastly, don't forget that I write a daily letter to over 75,000 investors. Make sure you sign up at pompletter.com. Again, pompletter.com. All right, let's get into this episode with Dave. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys, bang bang. I'm here. That's with what this, you do. This guy bang, just bang. Just bang bang. You want to try it? That's what Eddie does. What? Who's Eddie? 
this guy here who does like <laughs> I'm starting a podcast after this, and that's what he does. Bang bang. Well, he uh, has to pay royalties on that. Who was doing first? Uh, me, obviously. Uh, you just hit, hit us with bang bang real quick. No, <laughs> I won't do that. I'm not going to do other people's shticks. <laughs> All right, let's just start with uh, you have made this grand entrance into uh, the finance world mm. and absolutely lit it on fire. Basically, just got on Twitter one day, started live streaming, and basically blew up all the scams, all the whatever. Why did you do it? Well, sports was discontinued. And I was looking for, and, and we we're slowly getting ready to move out of the office. So I was looking for something past the time. I mean, it is gambling. I, I like gambling. It's I'm definitely a, gambling. It's 100% gambling. It's just a legal casino. Exactly. It's walking into a casino. Yep. Anybody who says otherwise is a liar and you shouldn't trust them. Um, <laughs> So I love gambling and I was looking for something to do. I mean, I had bought a couple of stocks way back when. So I had an E-Trade account, I think, with Twitter in it and that's it. So I just started uh, trading a couple of stocks, made a, a, I didn't start with the live stream. I put on a suit, pretended it was, you know, my own Wall Street. It's like, yeah. oh, this is interesting. And people gravitated towards it right away. Um, and I'm in the content business first and foremost. So it's like, okay, if people are interested in doing this, I'll do it. Um, I mean, we live streamed gambling before sports gambling and people are into that watching yep. you win lose money no different than stock market so i feel like you have this resurgence like you did all the content for a really long time then the pen deal happened you kind of were like doing business stuff a little bit of content mm -hmm. and then when the pandemic hit you just went hard at the content again it kind of reminded everyone like this place is here because that's what you did for years and years and years right, right? early days yeah and so uh i think that people kind of forgotten that you're just a degenerate gambler at heart right. and the stock market is no different if you treat it that way. Right. And so, you know, I, Davey Pages, like that's the name from way back. Like I can get pages for anything. That's what I used to call myself. And, and it really was. I was all content. Like that's all I did. Uh, maybe like a little business, but once really with the churn and deal and moving forward, I, I do a lot more on the business side. I don't have nearly as much time for the content, um, which I missed to a degree. But quarantine and co Corona when you're isolated yeah, in yeah. your own office, there's not much business stuff or not nearly as much going on. I, yeah, I got heavy into the content game. All right. So I want to talk about Penn first, then we'll go talk about Bitcoin sure. stuff. Uh, in 2016, you do the churning deal. Yep. Most people say horrible deal. Where you sit now, hindsight, pretty good deal. You mean right? horrible deal in what sense? Like the whole tech world is like, oh my God, I can't believe he sold more than 50% of the business for right. like whatever. But based on what I know, like you guys pretty much needed help to scale the business. And so would you do that deal again? Yeah, I mean, turning, it's such an interesting answer because, and it's no different than the pen deal to a degree, there were no other offers. Like nobody, and, and anybody who was interested, the conversations were quickly shut down <laughs> because I wasn't, I was making a lot of money. That maybe like- Personally. Correct. Yeah, I yeah. was making seven figures and our company was doing well and I was making more than I ever thought. And so I had no aspirations necessarily to take investor or sell it. In the churn guys, Kearns, Mike Kearns, who reached out, he was a believer in the content. And yep. it wasn't like, hey, we want to change it. Can you? It was like, you do you. Let's add some fire. Let's get a CEO, uh, ramp up the business. But there was, I didn't have anything to evaluate it. It wasn't Against. like a bidding war. There weren't people knocking down. If that deal didn't happen, nobody was buying it. You had to basically accept the risk and the negative perceptions, which I think are all false, of Barstool. But it is... You know, it wasn't a wedding registry that's safe. There was some element of risk there. So was the valuation extremely low? Yes. Was the first offer Mike Kearns made to me insulting? 
yes was in hindsight it what was enough, the, what was the first one i think seven million seven million valuation yeah and you got them all the way up to 15 it was like 12 and a half all right um but my, to, to be fair like that's pretty good negotiating on your part mike's not mike's no pushover when negotiating well i think he went so low my, I mean, Kearns, right. yeah, he's a professional. And yeah. the Turner guys are professional yeah, they're, they're super legit. They know what they're doing. Totally. So if you moved it from 7 to 12, like you did a pretty good job. Yeah, it, well, it was so fucking low. <laughs> and, and and by the way, it's like I don't – I had a number in my head. I don't negotiate. So seven's like, okay. I, I think I was just like, no, I'll see you later. And then it's like, well, it's going to have to be 12 and a half. And then maybe it was back and forth, and that's what it is. And Kearns will probably say that. I am probably – and I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm a good negotiator – but I say the price, and that's it. And if you like, it I mean, either, we have two data points. You also did it with Caller Daddy. Same thing. Correct. Here's the price. Take yeah. it or leave and it. And we had a little sticking point <laughs> with, uh, to be honest, the pen deal. And it's like, there's I needed churning to ante something up. And what was it? I I'm, I can't get into the details, but okay. it, it got testy. And I there was one call at one point where it's like, well, don't we split it. Why don't we do this? It's like, yeah, I don't think you're hearing me. It's like, I'll walk away from everything or it's this. And, but I, I also am too low. Now, again, Chernin brought credibility, like expertise. Erica. Erica. Well, no, I brought Erica. Oh, you brought Erica. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they brought all of that to the table. They were the only, so they get credit for, and huge credit for seeing it, taking the risk, being the one who offered no different than Penn. Like hindsight, Penn looks like they got an awesome deal. Yeah. Guess what? We met with everybody else, FanDuel, DraftKings. They made nobody made an offer. Like, why? Are they scared of you? Are they scared of the content? Are they scared of just the perception and the controversy? I think there were two major factors: scared of me, controversy. A, B. We had worked with them for a while, so I think they kind of thought, "Hey, we've gotten everything out of Barstool. We've gotten their audience." The two, but you, things- you, you guys, I mean, in, in a way, built those companies. I would say absolutely. Like, okay, I was explain, explain that a little. So. We were working with the daily fantasy companies before DraftKings existed, I believe. FanDuel, Draft Street, a lot of early ones. And when I say early, like nascent, like they were starting. The We had this big blackout tour that was a concert tour we did and became wildly popular and huge. That was started because Draft Street, which was later bought by DraftKings, asked us to do a promo to yep. reach frat guys to get them to sign up, literally. And uh, DraftKings, I sat with like Jason Robbins and all the owners probably a decade ago in Nantucket or something like that. And they offered me equity in the company because we do these contracts in pit, FanDuel, DraftKings versus mm-hmm. each other and highest bidder. And they go back. It was a war because we were so effective. Now, did you take the equity? Ne- did not take the equity. Why? The main reason was I couldn't – I was so focused with Barcelona and there was – I thought there was going to be too much going on where I sit in the room and I didn't totally understand it. But it's like I didn't envision um, wanting to sit in a room every week and have these meetings. Okay. Like I was concentrating on Barcelona um, and I didn't totally understand the equity portion of it. In hindsight, I don't know which way it would have worked out better. Like I yeah, could have yeah. done this deal, um, but I obviously would have had equi- a small percentage. And yeah. I don't understand dilution and all that shit, what it would have ended up with. Um, so we worked with them throughout. But as Barcelona grew and that as that space became more competitive, we started, and this is something I never did back in the day. One ad will be an MGM casino, the next is FanDuel, the next is DraftKings, the next is Point Bet, and just being whitewashed, just like how it is if you watch a football game now yep. and there's 10 commercials. Do you pay attention to any of them? Probably not. So I don't think any of the companies we're meeting with realized, well, when we were 
bought or acquired or focus our energy just on one company, what will happen? Yeah. It changes the game, the narrative, yeah. everything. So I think they underestimated that. I think they were a little bit scared. But they could have gotten us, FanDuel specifically, and could have gotten us for far cheaper, I think, than Penn did, to be honest. And, All right. and they missed the boat. So you do the churning deal. Yep. Uh, I remember talking to Erica in 2017. She laid out this vision. We were joking earlier, like, to the point where it was almost – is that even possible, right? right? Like, hey, we're going to the moon type yep. thing. Uh, I wrote this piece and said, uh, you guys were, I think it was a $15 million valuation or 12, 12, 12 and a half. half I always said, because Charney didn't want to say what it was, so I would always say 10 to 15s, okay. but it was 12 and a half. Okay. All right. Well, you probably shouldn't say the ex exact number now. Well, it doesn't matter now, except people <laughs> be like, you idiot. I think I may turn like a quarter million or something like that. No big deal. Did he buy you dinner? No, we haven't. We, we He has offered. He has offered. But oh, you um, just didn't go. I don't know that Chernin's given me anything. <laughs> like, not even, like, maybe a thank you card. A couple nice emails, maybe. Huh. I like those guys, but they haven't. I don't think they, like, hey, they're, they're, wait, they're waiting until you make them a billion. And then, hey, <laughs> great job. You mean, as a cool, we, you returned a nine gazillion. That was a unicorn investment for them. Okay. So, uh, I wrote this piece and I said, Barstool's going to be a billion dollar brand if basically you don't sell too early. Correct. Right. And the whole idea was just, you have the fan base. And it was so obvious early on, like if you have the relationship with the fans, you win because you can create companies, sell it through products, sell it through whatever. At some point you decide one to sell, right? A piece, not, not the whole thing, but a piece. And then two, you do it where now you're focusing all your energy on somebody else's product. It's not mm -hmm. something that you guys created. Talk through like why do that versus just go start your own sports book plus a bunch of other stuff and put it through the, the distribution. You mean here with like Penn? With Penn, yeah. Well, we could never start our own sports book. We'd okay. never get licensed. We'd never get access. We All that shit would just never happen. So um, you needed the partner to do needed it. needed the partner, and they were the perfect partner. And again, it is a question I get asked a lot. But when you're in our shoes, and I've been fucking grinding at this thing for 17 years, um, you know, I made money, but... And it's all relative. Like I, I'm obviously have done well, but when you look at the churning deal, it's not like I was obscenely rich. Like I had money, but that yeah, wasn't yeah. like oh my god. And even now, it's but, not like now where you can correct. tweet at Celebrity Net Worth, hey, correct. updated the two hundred right. million, right? <laughs> um, on paper, uh, but so this was, and there are. It, it's not as if we have this waterfall of offers and meetings when you're going through, and. You're, nobody's making an offer. It's like, well, is anyone going to offer? And as do I want to do this for the next 20 years to build it up? I always thought sports gambling, it's how we started. Yeah. The second the legislation in the United States changed to make it legal, I'm like, okay, this is our moment. And we spent close to a year trying to figure out the best fit. And Penn was by far and away the best partner that presented itself from Jay Snowden, who I love the CEO mm -hmm. to them understanding what we do and having faith and believing in it. Um, there was, it, it was almost a no brainer. I mean, we named our price. There was no negotiation with Penn. And I thought it was crazy because based on fans, how'd you come up with the price? I didn't like the, uh, you know, the churn and the churning guys, as you said, are fierce negotiators. So <laughs> if they're naming it, I'm like, okay, but they named it and, and Penn, was like, yep, that's it, done. They didn't negotiate. It was nothing. As long as they felt we were aligned, mm -hmm. and we are, because it's not like I got paid. It's like a lot of stock and all that shit. How much did you take in stock versus cash? It was like it, it, it was uh, fifty five forty five. 
55 ca- uh, cash or stock? 55 stock, 45. And that's, that's like good. different for me. It, it's yeah, yeah. like the Barstool people are different than the churning people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a great deal. Now, when the stock goes up and bumps pre-corona, you know, it's like, oh, we should dump. We just made yeah, them yeah, yeah. a gazillion dollars in 10 seconds because Wall Street reacted obviously super favorably to the deal. And that's when the other companies we met with, who I like, like I, I obviously, it's like the Brady Six when he's crying. Like I get a chip on my shoulder. Like I'm meeting with these guys who know us. It's like you're not even gonna make an offer. Are you fucking an idiot? And they probably had to spend on talent now Uh-oh. more than they would have spent just to buy us because we put them in a box. It's like oh fuck. Like, well, what is it? Fanduel did the Pat McAfee deal, right? Yep. Huh? And on top, they're doing all of them. Yes, because like okay, and they could have. They missed. And I don't know if they'd say they missed, but they missed because I actually really like the FanDuel guys and the ones running it. It's like if they made an offer that was competitive, it's like, okay, we can win with these guys. I feel like everyone in the gambling sports fantasy world are people like Barstool, right? Like the type of person is so similar. So the people who are running those companies, there's a very cultural fit with what you guys have done. Ooh, maybe not. Not at the top. Okay. Uh, That's different. Yeah. Maybe down below. But that's why we're going to be like, I, I've met with them all. They don't, they're, they're not. Like how, how bad does this get in the sense of fast forward five years, the Barstool sports book versus all these other guys, like how bad of a massacre is it? Oh, I don't know because they have such a gigantic lead. They have great okay. tech. They have a huge lead. Um, and, and there's no industry that I'm aware of where there's like one guy. I mean, it doesn't matter what there is. There's multiple mm-hmm. players and they're mm-hmm. competitive and in a way it can help each other, but nobody outside of like, I guess the cable company and telephone, well, even there's multiple, but you can only get one cable company in your house. Other than that, there'll be multiple players like FanDuel and DraftKings are not going anywhere. Yeah, we're, we're different. Like those two to me are, one of those, I don't know what will happen. They're, they're identical companies to mm-hmm. me. They're both out of the daily fantasy, the big databases. They're going to try to win with offers and plays. No one cares. No one's going to wear a FanDuel hat or a draft as much as they try. That's never going to happen. But they're, they're going to be there. We, and I saw one interesting stat when I was looking at downloads, and it's like it didn't, our downloads and what we did in Pennsylvania and handle all that didn't seem to take away from the others. And I can believe that. Oh, interesting. So it was additive to the Correct. overall. Because we have our audience who may not sense. have been. So, you know, it, it could help both markets. I could, and who knows? I'm Anybody who thinks I've inside, we talked insider knowledge, like you came in and I'm like, well, Penn was down 10%. They did this stock offering. I had no idea that was coming. And I yeah, have. Yeah so much pen stock even beyond like the well, you, deal. you know why they don't tell you right because it's our trading no no because telling you wouldn't be bad because you're an employee but, but then then, then you'd react. go then you would Correct. go sell it and you get yourself in trouble Correct. exactly so <laughs> so like, they basically know you better than you they, know yourself they protect me but it's still so they told me just late last night so i wouldn't be like stunned by the news mm-hmm. well i'm so confident in myself and what we do here that I just keep buying it as it goes. Like I'll bet on myself hundred. So when he told me that I would never know this, if I wasn't doing the day trader, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, stocks can get killed. Like not because pen, anytime a company does this stock gets killed. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah. Like I've owned stocks. I'm like, what the fuck is it down? And then people are like, Oh, they did an offering. It doesn't generally last. It comes back. But when he told me that it's like, I'm sitting here with, I'm like, all right, you motherfucker. Like, I didn't say it. It's like, I'm going to get murdered tomorrow. And it's like, I'm going to have to wake up all these people. And sure enough, it did. They buried some good stats. But, 
Yeah, it's uh hold on before we talk about the stock stuff. You guys launched the sports book in Pennsylvania this past weekend. Mm-hmm. You outperformed downloads for all the other ones. Did you guys have to spend money to drive that, or is that all organic, just putting it through the distribution? All organic, hand? which yeah. to me, which, which is the big advantage that you correct. guys have. Yeah. So that is the story, and that's why even the way they did this release, with they can't tell me like the press release and all that. I feel like they should talk to me because I'm understand marketing i feel like better than they do like it's stock offering and then at the bottom it like had the stats and the stats and people twist them people don't like me will say they're bad they're good it was like i think i have it. it's like thirty thousand. yeah it's like thirty thousand downloads downloads in pennsylvania yeah. 11 million handle like twenty four thousand registrations is really really impressive there's 10 existing companies sports books in pennsylvania with a huge lead on us we know where it's like a race that is a, a 10 mile race and the other companies are are five miles in and we're just starting there's no other company in the world who could have that dent with zero dollars spent yeah, we didn't spend a cent so how and when you guys go to market this how much is this just you send a message to everyone here and you're like hey we're launching this like you know go promote it versus it's uh specifically like okay we're gonna promote it on this show we're gonna promote it on this show like how strategic it, 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 is it's this? pretty just promote it however yeah. like yeah, yeah. you see fit and that's what the, it looks like yeah, which makes it, it which makes it so much more valuable yep and that that is how it is and it's a natural because our history is gambling and then i was saying like extrapolate it you know take a state like michigan where it is not legal yet and that's like i went to school there we're huge in the midwest penn has one of the nicest casinos there that the greek which is like I think they're nicest Las Vegas style casino. And all of a sudden everyone's at the starting line at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to cause real damage there. So not everyone's totally understanding that. I guess some people do, some people don't, but Pennsylvania was as encouraging, I think as we could possibly expect it to be. And like the stock offering thing, again, it's like, we're not, unless I'm being strictly lied to, which I know I'm not, that money is not going to people's hands. We're using it as it was, I said, to give me like guns, ammunition, so we can yeah. start spending. Yeah. So I, I feel like, uh, and this is external looking in, if somebody just gives you a camera and says, go live stream, you'll win some portion of the market, right? You, Big Cat, Correct. et cetera, like whatever. Then when they put a company that's got real technology behind you, right? Okay, now the product actually works. It's good, great. And then if they put marketing do- dollars behind this as well, it's like, it's unbeatable. Right? 100%. And, and the, I think there'll be consolidation. Again, this is just a yes in the market. Like, if you took a FanDuel or DraftKings and combined them with us, that's the end of that's the end of this game. Like, Do you want that to happen? Depends how much money I'd get. Like, <laughs> it, it, honestly, that's all. Yeah, that's a great answer, though. Yeah, that's all a yeah. finance thing. Like, who's in control? I know this. Like, if those two combined, it doesn't matter. It's the same company. Who cares? They probably have a very similar. They tried already. And they have a very similar database. It's like, I guarantee you, almost everybody who has FanDuel has DraftKings and vice versa. And they're shopping lines. So we are a very different thing. We combine with one of those. The other one's dead. So I like that position. And it could happen down the world. And then you look at things like MGM Grand. Shout out. I mean, whatever. They had Jamie Foxx. I don't know if you saw. No. They, they signed him like a big Jamie Foxx. He's the face of MGM gambling with an app. It's like, are you kidding me? Jamie Foxx versus Dave Portnoy in the it, gambling it, space. That, that, that 
that is a beatdown. Like that is an. And they, by the way, by the way, they have real production studios, etc. And you're basically sitting on, uh, you know, in your backyard in the fucking Hamptons or whatever. Streaming. Right. And, and the nutty thing is, like, I know MGM and I know Caesars, and we talk to them, and they never do a deal with us because there's old stuffy suits and whatnot. I've never heard of Penn ever until like yeah. a lot of their uh properties were different names like i heard of penn national like casino i knew the tropicana which is a dump which they had owned at the time <laughs> but like i never knew what they are go ask people now who penn is it's like everybody knows everybody knows yeah. suddenly it's like you look at the casino groups that's all barstool um it's funny because i know i'm underpaid again like i, I was underpaid with churn and i realized i didn't how I, did you structure the deal now that you did that deal you obviously got Cash and stock, yeah, right. Your five-year deal. I have a five-year contract here. Okay, and you you get stock and cash. Correct. Okay, and I can like, I'm basically they tied me in long term. Like our, yeah, yeah. our and Jay, and if it goes better, you probably get more. If it doesn't go so well, then well, my stock is fluid. I can't sell it, so it's like, it, do you, do they treat you like an athlete? Where uh, you know, hey, if you hit 20 home runs, you get a bonus or anything? No, like that? no, no. Um, and and I, this is where. My lack of negotiating skills probably comes in. I generally don't like renegotiate. It's like, all right, I like the deal now. No, and don't renegotiate. The churning guys were essentially at Kearns like, yeah, you were underpaid the whole time. It's like, no shit, I was. <laughs> like, they did give me raises, but uh, you know, when you see, did you ever, when you were handing out newspapers at the uh, subway and train in Boston, did you think you were ever going to have a boss? No, and I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. I do, but I don't. Because the, All right, explain. Well, I have technically a boss, Jay Snowden. And I guess you churning guys were yeah. as well. Yeah. But they let you do your thing. It, well, when the ultimate trump card is I'm just gonna walk away if you don't give me what you want <laughs> and your business is gonna fall apart. I don't have a boss. Are you negotiating with Jay and Churning right now? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't do it that way. I, I never it's like whether Erica, I, I'm pretty sane. Like yeah. our interests are aligned, and I'm honest and I'm straightforward. And as long as you're back to me, we'll never have a problem. And I would never do a deal with Jay or Turnin if I thought that was going to be an issue. But our business, strangely enough, is so dependent on the content, whatever. It, it literally, when the ultimate card, and I'm, I am crazy enough to walk. Like I, I love know, money, I know, I know. but it's like on principle. If you're like, okay, you, uh, to be honest, from afar, if there was ever a, okay, here's the moment and it was give back the $200 million or like concede to whatever bullshit, I literally think you'd give back the money. A hundred percent. Which, it, which is, by the way, is fucking insane. Yeah. That, that, that would be the easiest to, if it was something where I'm like, this is wrong. I can't do this. Or you're fucking me over. I would rather the entire ship burn with me. <laughs> Than like, than than concede. It's just in my nature. You know that's why MGM and Caesars and all them couldn't do a deal with you. Probably, <laughs> probably. But it, but it, it boils. But it's down, true. But it boils down to it. When I say it, it's like honesty and being straightforward. And you may not like it, but I I would never go into business with somebody who I didn't have the vibe like. There, I don't care if I. It's not whether I like something or don't like something. It's whether I feel like you're being deceitful or misleading. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I'd be like, no, you you said that. I remember the churning deal. <laughs> there was like fifty grand in lawyer fees 
that I know at the beginning is like they cover my lawyer fees. It was 50 grand. I was getting a lot of money for me at the time. And we were like the last moment. They're like, yeah, you pay for the lawyer fees. I'm like, no, we agreed that you did. And not Mike, someone else called and they tried to negotiate it. And I literally at the end, I'm I'm like, the deal's off. It's it's like, I don't, they're like, we'll give you 40, not 50. I'm like, it's 50 or the deal is off because we agreed on it. That's it. If we agree on something with me, you better fucking honor it or else I will walk. And and you do the same in return. Totally. Right. Okay. All right. So over the last couple of months, you've been yelling and screaming all kinds of crazy shit. Like stocks only go up. Right. Now going down right now. Well, hold on. But most people think, Dave Pornoy is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He knows nothing about finance, blah, 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 whatever. You've actually been right. You don't know why you've been right, probably, but you're actually right. And the reason why it only goes up is because they're literally just creating fucking money. So well, I want to. bucks. Exactly. That, so, th- that was, so that's what that, I want to talk was about. That like kind of insulting that you said, I don't know why. I mean, I've done the bucks thing. I had so that video bucks. is probably one of the most real, honest evaluations of the stock market and the economy right. than anything anyone will watch on television, right? And the whole idea is basically this, everything was selling off. The Fed steps in. They pump a bunch of money into the economy, and it just fucking shoots up, right? right? Like literally 50%, 60% off the bottom, whatever. While that's going on, you start screaming, stocks only go up. And I think everyone's uh, reaction in finance is so visceral to like, what does this guy know? He doesn't know, but whatever. But you're right. Right. And so like, talk just about the experience of all these people in suits and ties, yelling and screaming. Dave Porter doesn't know what he's talking about. One, you've been right. Two, you're right structurally. And three, there's no end in sight for them to stop doing this shit. Right. And, and I mean, if you look long term, the one thing I have said with it's like if you're an old person, or whatever, and you need to get your money out, you got to be a little more <laughs> careful. But if you're, if you can wait, if, if you're you can, 25, if you can outweigh the stock market, you can always outweigh the stock market. It'll always go up. It doesn't matter how far down it goes. If that's just a fact, if you look at it. But yeah, the suit, you know, it's an industry that I've never been involved in. I don't think they had ever. And I've had this happen a lot during the course of Barcelona. They just didn't know what to do with me. It's like, you know, you, the guy you said, Ross Gerber, he's like, hey, come on my podcast. I don't like him. I'm like, suck my dick. Like, you know, they don't know. It's like, okay, like, how do I respond to that? Well, he deleted the tweet. That's how he'd respond to that. And they'll chirp me from the cheap seats when things are going on. But I don't care. That's like, I like that. That That's my world. They're playing into the game. Correct. Of, you want to talk shit. They The way they talk shit is not actually talk shit they basically like throw these little intellectual zingers and you're just like look yeah let's just full on let's just go at it and for any time i'm on tv or mentioned it's good i mean as crazy it is it really when it exploded was when i started making fun of warren buffett but the financial community and there may be by the way you're not wrong with his performance he hasn't beat the s&p over well, the last he's decade. 90 years old yeah, yeah. people are like i if you're in your prime at 90, then you were never good before. No one gets sharper at 90. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. So, you know, they took a quote because it all started with the airlines, basically. The cruising airlines. I was getting killed. I had shorted. I was getting murdered. And and part of it's like, wait a minute, the stock market is not connected at all to what's going on in the world. We're in this pandemic. Shit's going on. Stocks go up, down, whatever. But I said, I'm going in on airlines. Spirit was at seven. And... Literally, I did this big rant, and like five minutes later, Warren Buffett comes out with a press release. It's like, we're, we're getting out of the airlines. So, At the bottom of the market. Correct. And it was literally, like I said, go in on airlines. Two seconds later, he says, get out. Do you think he was watching the live stream? I he, I, don't, he, I wonder if he actually knows who I am. I doubt it. But so after that stock, the, the airlines went ballistic. Yep. Parabolic, as the crypto people like to say. And you, then, you, you know that uh, one of my business partners, he's got- his, 
Jason Williams. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he, he's I mean, got he's, he's got a YouTube channel called Going Parabolic. Correct. He's got the merch and all when, that. When shit. we started yelling parabolic, they parabolic's all, a great word. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that's like a crypto. They should just uh, trademark that word in crypto. It's a very good word. Yeah. So <laughs> it went nuts. And then I'm like, oh, Warren Buffett sucks. I'm the captain now. And, and like investing.com and business insider took that quote. And then from there, it was kind of game over. It ran. And I did notice like CNBC, they liked having me on a lot more when I was yeah. losing. Yeah. And when I started winning, it's like they stopped having me on and they didn't want to talk about it. But as it's much. also the type of content, like it's the memes, it's the live streams. It's like all this stuff that they don't really know how to deal with. Right. right. And part of what's so funny and when you started playing around with Bitcoin and, and crypto, like you realize immediately like, holy shit, these people just meme the hell out of yeah, anybody who comes in. Yeah, got a great meme community. Very, very impressive meme community. So that's why the mainstream media is like, what do we do with these people? Right? Because yeah. they're literally, it's a, an, a pseudonymous account that's just throwing out crazy memes and they're just like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, that's my, that's, so I have nothing in crypto right now. That is probably the thing I miss the most is the memes. Right. Although I like, the Link Marines, I think, are dead. <laughs> they are. Did you kill them? I, well, what what is it at now? Eight? I mean... Oh, did you... All right, so hold on. Let's back up for a second. Let's talk about Bitcoin first. I don't know why you bought anything else other than just Bitcoin. Because the Link Marines were blowing out my thing. You can buy Link, Link, Link Marines. It's like I see other okay. shit. It's no different than the stock market. Everyone's pumping their own shit. All right. What questions do you have about Bitcoin? Eight? Look at that. 890? When did you buy it? So I bought it at, I think, 14. It went to 19. I sold it at 16. Oh, so you made money then? About even. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what? Well, Bitcoin, you want to well, see this? The, 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 the 2017. Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is a, in my mind, just one big Ponzi scheme. Okay, why? The 2017 video you have, by the way, Bitcoin Marty says hello. That fucking Bitcoin Marty. He's part of first of all, all the people I know in Bitcoin, Bitcoin Marty, Bubbly K Gang, are K people Caleb. That, that Caleb, yeah, he told me to stop bash. He's like, you yeah, yeah. stop bashing Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. He came on the he came on the podcast. He played it, he he understands it now. I understand what I think you guys think it is. To me, it is a Ponzi scheme that you get in and and you just gotta not be the one held left holding the bag i'm going to give you ammo for the finance world and then i'm going to tell you why bitcoin's the solution Ready? Well, and i know it is it's gold and pumping money and they're set i no, mean i no, 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 no. get it the stock market you know you say it always goes up it's yeah. like that 45 degree angle correct since 1971 direct 45 degree angle a couple of drops whatever but it's straight up that's because it's denominated in dollars they're just devaluing the dollar right, right. stocks go up if you denominate that same stock market in gold the stock market is down since 1971 it's all the stock market is a complete scam in terms of accruing value. It's all the dollar being devalued. So it goes straight up 45 degree angle. But if you denominate it in ounces of gold, it's down. Okay. So, okay. We're well, here's a different language. But no, here's why, here's why it's important. We're going to go to uh, mine gold. And no, here's why it's space. important. Uh, you bought a house, right? Correct. In uh, where? Uh, a lot of places. <laughs> Nantucket. <laughs> yeah, I have one there. Yes. Okay. Why'd you buy that house in Nantucket? I love that place. Okay. I, I mean, I loved it. That that's not something I was trying to get. Like I thought, I'd live there the rest of my life. Okay. And there wasn't that many to select from. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. And because there's not that many, the prices are expensive, and Correct. you have a lot of money, so you could buy. Right. Yes. Okay. Same thing in the digital world. Is there some things that are just scarce, and if those things end up having a large community that wants them, what ends up happening? The price it goes up. Go up. Correct. Okay. So Bitcoin's only got 21 million, obviously. And the whole thing behind it is the strongest computing power in the world. So literally the computer network that runs Bitcoin 
is stronger than anything in the world. No government, nobody can hack it because it is the strongest computing network in the world. It's got more computing power on it than anything else. The reason why that's so important is because the whole idea of like, why does Barstool work? It's because you guys are completely decentralized. Like nobody, if they try to like come at you, they get attacked by all these other people at Barstool, Mm -hmm. right? And that decentralized type media model where you're not going and telling somebody, okay, send me your thing. I'm going to be the editor. And then like, I'm going to approve it. It's just like, here's a fucking camera, go post on your accounts and like, just blow it up. Right. And and do it. That's the same type of thing that's going on, but with money now. So rather than the government saying, uh, Hey, today we're going to print more money or remember what happened today with Penn, where they just all of a sudden, all these new shares, right? You're like, fuck, what the hell? Like I had no say in this. Right. That's basically what the federal reserve does. So earlier this year, they printed three plus trillion dollars. You didn't get a vote. I didn't get a vote. It was just, fuck, okay. Whatever cash you have, so let's say you're worth 200 mil and let, I don't know, $30 million in cash, right? That $30 million of cash, if you leave it in cash, is going to be worth less next year, worth less next year, right? Because the purchasing power goes right. down. And so what ends up happening is you're financially incentivized to get out of the dollar and buy stocks, buy gold, buy, you know, buy fucking property, whatever. But with Bitcoin, they can't do that because there's only 21 million and a computer runs it. So the only way to change the computer is if more than half of the people agree to change what the computer does. So there's no person, there's no like old guy in a suit who basically is like, ah, I think that we should print more money or, ah, you know what? We should take some money out of circulation. No human is involved in making the decision. It's the consensus of everyone involved. So the reason why it becomes so valuable is because nobody can fuck with it. And that's why the Bitcoiners are so like rabid about it is they're just like, it doesn't matter what anybody says, what you think, I think, anybody. Nobody can fuck with it. And because it's like that on the internet and globally everyone's subjected to the same rules, it continues to accrue value because people realize, wait a second, they're fucking with the dollar. They're fucking with the euro. They're fucking with the yen, the RMB, whatever. But the only thing you can't fuck with is Bitcoin. And so as that keeps going, you should just take 1% to 5% of your net worth, put it in Bitcoin, don't look at it. Just leave it there. And that'll be the best performing thing in your entire portfolio. If you take 1%, out of everything else in your portfolio, whether you own real estate, stocks, anything. What's 1% going to give me? Well, let's say it goes up 20x. What's, one per, what's 1% of 200 million? I don't have a 200 million, but what's 1%? So a million dollars, I make 20 million in what? How long? So there's something called the halving. I'm sure that they've all told you about this. But basically, the whole idea is every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that shows up every day gets cut in half. So it used to be 50 Bitcoin a day or 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. Then it was 25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes and 12 and a half. Now it's at 6.25. That just happened in May. It got cut in half again. Every time that that's happened, the next 18 months, Bitcoin's gone up an incredible amount because it's a supply shock, right? It's like, think of it as uh, if we all wanted something and then- What is even Bitcoin at right now? Like 10,500. Do you remember when you first started buying it? Well, I bought way back in the day. Yeah. What was the price? More than that. Was it over ten thousand? Yeah, I think so. I, I bought it know. in that huge rush when everyone was Yeah, buying. but it was only it was only above ten thousand for like twenty or thirty days. So you would have to really have bad timing. To I buy thought it was there. close to like twenty at one point. It went to tw- it went from ten thousand to twenty thousand in eighteen days in two thousand seven. Yeah, so I probably bought around fifteen or sixteen. Okay. Do you so, still have it? Or do you sell it's it? It's lost. <laughs> it was in one of those keychains. You lost it? Yeah, that was another part. It's like I don't I don't like having to hold shit in like keychains and weird and like uh Marty was How much like, how much did you have? Probably like 50 grand. <laughs> it was, Marty like had to do it. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. He he helped you and then he yeah, gave it he, he gave you the He gave me something well, with the weirdest code. And you lost it. like, yeah, it's gone. 
Okay. <laughs> so so if, I lost that, but I, I'd be down on that. And that was what, 2017? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so. but you got to remember, but you got to understand that the markets, the way that they work is so that having happens, it goes up a bunch in price because there's supply shock. Usually it takes about 18 months for that to happen. Then it draws down 85%. It's happened three times already. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing why I say, but it's like, so I got out, I, I really, I, this latest round, I think I had one point. Two five million in it at one okay. point. And what went happened? up, went down, and then went back. And I was like, I absolutely don't know what the fuck this is, and it's too much money to not like. At least with stocks, even though I don't believe half the shit they say, like okay, our stock got tanked today. I can do a direct like line to we did the stock offering. I know yeah, why yeah, I got yeah. or earnings or and what I don't like. I think a lot of this bullshit. I think the day to day like, but I understand. It's like almost like watching a sports game. Like, all right, my team lost. I bet a minus two. They lost by three. I lose my money. Bitcoin. I have no fucking like. There's no rationale. Why is it going up? I have no idea why it's so going up th or down. Think of like a uh, a technology company. Right? When Barstool first started, actually, it's a great idea. You didn't have a stock price, right? Correct. So it was just every day. The only person who saw the P and L or whatever right, was you, yeah. if you guys even had one, right? Right. And if there was a stock price in the early days of Barstool, it'd be like in the morning, it would be through the roof, right? By the afternoon, it'd be down. And it was basically like what you emotionally felt. There was highs, there was lows. Right. It was like super volatile. You're like, are we going to fucking survive? Are we right, not? Right. Whatever. Super, super volatile. But because you are a private company, there's no stock price. So if you think of Bitcoin, it's really a technology, right? And it has that same volatility that Barstool had or other tech companies have. It's just that there's a price associated with it. So what you're seeing is you're seeing all that incredible volatility. But like, imagine if Uber... The first couple of years. Yeah, but what is that? Uh, what is that based on? Emotion right now? No. Well, well, it's price discovery, right? So think if you think of Bitcoin, like people are buying and selling Bitcoin. To me, did you hear about this guy uh, MicroStrategy? What he did? MicroStrategy. Uh, I saw that in my travels, but I didn't like research okay. it. But right. it was pop popping up like on my five hundred. His five hundred million dollars on his balance sheet, publicly traded company over a billion dollar valuation. He took eighty five percent, four hundred twenty five million dollars of out of dollars and put it in Bitcoin. And the reason he said is, if I leave this in cash, it's going to get devalued. So every year that I sit with this cash, it's going to be worth less and less and less. So he moved it to Bitcoin. Now, that's a really, really aggressive move. You think? Right? Of course. But if you think about from a personal perspective, one, every investment you make, you want asymmetry, right? If you, if you think about... The best investors in the world, they're right like 55, 60% of the time. So all these guys who are like, oh, I'm right every time, they're all fucking full Ross of shit. Ross Gerber. Right. Well, wh whoever, right? They're all full Ross of shit. Ross Gerber. The, the, the absolute best investors in the world, right? 55 to 60% yep. of the time. But they only put trades on where it's like, I can lose 10% or I can make 20 times my money, right? So asymmetric in their favor that they're willing to take kind of the losses 45% of the time because the 55% of the time they're right, it just pays for yeah, it in spades, right? right? So what you want to do is create a portfolio of assets that have asymmetry, right? So Penn stock has asymmetry in a sense. It's not going to go to zero, right? And it can go up a lot. Bitcoin has asymmetry in that, yeah, maybe it drops down, but it drops 10, 20%, but it also can go to you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. right? And then what you want is you want a bunch of stuff that's non-correlated. So if you have Penn stock and then six other stocks and they're all moved together, so when Penn goes down, they go down. Well, then just put it all in fucking Penn stock. Why do you have all six of them, right? Because right. they all move together. But what you want is you want different types of assets. So you want Bitcoin, you want Penn stock, you want whatever. And then what ends up happening is if Penn stock's down, that doesn't necessarily mean that Bitcoin is up or down. There's just right. no correlation. Right. Right? Although no correlation. Bitcoin lately, lately seems to be tied to what's going on in the stock market. Good observation. So in liquidity crisis, right? And since March, basically, yeah. the reason why the Fed pumps so much money in is because everyone fucking panics and says, like to me, what I my original cash. gut was, 
if you asked me before, like this would be beneficial to Bitcoin, but it hasn't been. It's the best performing asset this year. Bitcoin? Like from an asset class. It's up like 60%. When, when you say asset. So think stocks, precious metals, crypto, like whatever, yeah. right? So yes, there are individual stocks that perform better than some, but as a whole, stocks are basically up single digit percentage from year to date. Gold's up like 20, 25%. Bitcoin's up over 50%. Right. So it's outperformed all the other ones on like an asset class basis. And the whole thing is... uh they're pumping all this money. People are scared of inflation. They run to inflation hedge assets, precious metals, real estate, whatever. But Bitcoin's the most volatile. And so it dropped 50% a single day earlier this year. Like right. scares the shit out of people, right? But then when everything goes up, it just goes up more yeah. than everything else. And it de doubly scares the shit out of people, I think. And, and part of my, and I know what you're saying, like what, Sakashi or whatever the fuck the guy's Satoshi. name is. It, it, there's nobody count. I'm an accountability guy. So right. like Nikola, you know, that guy was a fraud and he's like, <laughs> I like knowing, even if you stole my money, I like knowing who stole it. It's like, <laughs> I can be like this fucking guy. So you see, I think he deleted his Twitter account. He did. He did. Yeah, 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 he got out. He got called out. And so to me, is that what's worse, losing your job or having to delete your Twitter account? Like, would you rather get kicked out of Barstool or have to delete your Twitter account? It, I mean, I have no problem deleting. I'll just come out. It's like Michael Paper, uh, Michael Scott Paper Company. I got like <laughs> lots of names I can do, so I'm not worried about that. But you know, that's part of the thing is Bitcoin. And I get like, I understand what you're saying, but still there's an unease. And maybe it's, I also have a, like, I don't put my toe in the water. Yeah. Like, I generally like jump in like, all right, I want to make like 10 grand. I don't want to fucking do that. I want to put millions into something. Like if you looked at what I'm doing right now, like that's why I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar with my own fucking company. It's like, but that's how I operate. So not knowing being like, do you think Penn stock or Bitcoin performs better through the end of next year? It's a tough one. But it makes you think. Well, no, it makes me think because I, if you told me a month ago that Penn was going to be like 75, it's, I'd be like, that's crazy. Like, we're not going. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was happy when it hit like 40. I bought yeah, it yeah. at like 20. So I don't – it's an interesting one because it was not only just Penn – the we we've hit and you could look back we've hit a legalized vice so mm -hmm. i don't think people truly know the market of what we're in and one of the things i keep hearing whether it's pen whether it's DraftKings, anybody which i have a bananas disagreement with <laughs> is and i haven't really said it, it people keep saying the sports book is a gateway drug it goes to on i casino all the money, uh, all the money no. is an iCasino. And I think, but that's what everyone says. Yeah, but but that's stupid because it's literally a completely different experience. And if you're a degenerate sports gambler, you want to do that. You don't want well, to go I, play I fucking you play roulette. both. But the, the margins are better on online. Yeah, of course. And like picture down the road, if we have online blackjack and I'm talking, I'm dealing. And like, that's something people can't. But, but are they there for you or are they there for the blackjack? Like how many, how many of the stoolies want to go play what they for most young kids are probably going to assume is a rigged online gambling. Game. I see. I don't think Penny and major companies. I don't think they're going to think they're rigged. I, I really like if you're some for the online gambling. Yeah, like, like the actual like casino games. Correct. Okay. And and if it's set up in the, in a world where at halftime, hey, go play blackjack for like I think you can do it. My point is different. I look at because a lot of the brick and mortars, pen included, is like our sports books don't make a ton of money. People want it to value. Go look at casinos. How big are the sports books? Most of them, how much real estate do they take up? Not that much because they're like, mm -hmm. it's not the money makers, the tables and things like that. But I, 
equate it. And I think this will be something that people aren't factoring in to online poker and okay. poker. If you go to a casino, poker rooms don't make money. They don't. Mm -hmm. Online poker made a shit ton because there's no walls. So the problem it, I've always thought, and it's no different with sports books, you need physical space. How many people can you put in a sports book? Not that many. But if you run your sports book correctly and you have 50-50 and you're just getting juice and unlimited walls, that juice should be just like the poker that's taking the rake. should be wildly. Well, you guys are also promoting it in a way that the entire space has never seen before. Totally different. Right. Everything we do will on set. Even the prop I had yesterday, I don't know. It's like this Like guy. you can win a jacket if you do this. All, all this bullshit that totally. you guys are doing. Like, by the way, it's genius marketing, but they are shook because they don't understand. Like they don't totally. have the personalities to go do this. Jamie Foxx is not going to be like, hey, if you do this bet, we're and, gonna do some crazy and shit. Not only that, Jamie Foxx, and I like Jamie Foxx, he doesn't give a fuck. Well, it's like Jane Fox has so much money and is doing so many things. You think he really cares about pushing MGM's sports book? And even if you look at the deals, which I never understood, um, if you go to Foxbet or Terry Bradshaw, these guys work for the network. They don't like my life is in this. And a lot of our guys here, this, this is it. Like if this fucking thing tanks, then I basically fucked myself on how I sold it. So I'm not guaranteeing that it works, but when you invest in Penn or do this or Penn invest in us, you're getting like my best shot and my only shot. Really. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a huge difference. And and I love Pat. Like I taught Pat how to fucking gamble. I never placed a bet literally till three years ago. And he's a jack of all trades. So talented, but he's doing a lot of fucking things. This is it. I have like laser focus and at the very least they got my action which is a lot of action and i always lose are are you moving to philadelphia so i am in philadelphia now i have to be here wednesdays because we film all day and then i head back well we do the show with dion so generally <laughs> on thursdays so wednesdays i'm in the office filming thursdays generally we can't Dion's schedule now because the job is all over the place and by friday i'm back in philly till tuesday so right. it's like four three okay Tell me how the Dion Sanders deal happened. So, we, that, by the way, epic, epic get. Dion is a thousand percent better than I ever thought he would be. He fits perfectly. Like you yeah, can yeah. literally say whatever the fuck you want to him. He gets it. He knows his busting balls. He doesn't take offense. Yep. Um, so we were you, were you worried that he might? Yes. Yeah. Like Hall of Famer. He made a lot of the upset. athletes, yeah, yeah. famous athletes, or even personalities we've dealt with do not fit in. They come from. First of all, network people and people who have money don't have the work ethic we do. We're born from the internet. The only way people find out who you are is because you're better, funnier, worked harder than other people. Yep. That's it. That's the culture here. Um, if you have a lot of money, you're an athlete, you've been told you're the best your whole life, you may have a very different like work ethic than we do. Um, so we, we have a podcast out of Philly, uh, million dollars worth of game. Um, amazing. Most underrated podcast there is. They're fucking they're, hilarious. They're hilarious. Hilarious. So they're friends with Dion. Um, and they, of course they are. And, and they're like, hey, he's looking. And he they did the introduction. And we went to, to, you. Uh, to Barstool. Yep, yeah, yeah. To, to Erica and I. We flew down, met with him. It's like, what do you want? Um, it seemed like a good fit. There was a lot going on. It's one of those things. Combo. He's expensive. We're willing to pay. It was a good look for us. We had the pen deal going on. So it's like football show, but he's awesome. He's better than, and, and everything's like credibility as well. Yep. Like, okay, we can compete with these big guys, but he's been, 
I don't know how he's going to continue it with the job, but he is. For those that don't know, he just what Jackson, Jackson State. State is, he the head, is he the head coach? Was, yeah, head coach. <laughs> Did you see his press conference? Uh, I saw a clip of it. I didn't see the it's whole thing. It's insane. It, it <laughs> looked like someone said it looked like coming to America. It did. He had like this Calvary rate of like cars coming into the gym, like people dropping. Ro- it was very prime time. Yeah. But he's not super prime time off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he is, but he isn't. Like he's. A guy like that, obviously, you know, if I'm with someone younger, him like Deion Sanders, they may be like, who's that? I'm like, really? It's like, to me, he's like he, he was it. Two, three yeah. most famous guys like Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Like, they're it. Um, you ever heard of anybody playing in a football game and a baseball game exactly. in the same day? <laughs> but but in the shit you can say. So I didn't know what to expect because of the persona. But he's so down to earth. And you mean like, you? what did I say? Oh, a guy from Boston, Dan Shaughnessy, called him a fraud the other day. And I'm a Boston guy. I'm like, hey, Dion. He's like, and, and you can bust a ball, but like, you should dump a, a thing of Gator out on his head like McCarver. He's like, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> like, he he's he's very real, very yeah, authentic. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but he's uh, he's as good an athlete to interact with. I probably have a handful where I'm. Who else is up there? Greg Olson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't be it. Like, yeah, he's yeah. one of the early guys. But. I'm as comfortable talking to you. I mean, well, as wasn't I he then. doing the uh, the van talk, right? Yeah, he left Super Bowl media day, media day, because they won't let us in to come talk to us in the van early. <laughs> and by the way, there is nothing like I'm a huge loyalty guy. Like I really, really appreciate the guys who were with us before he blew up and in or before they blew up and stay with us. Um goes a long way and i'm the same way but it is crazy like i went to a party the other day in the hamptons no big deal but it was <laughs> like i walk in and blake griffin was there he literally like grabs me and like just he's like i love barcelona just grab me we went up and shot the shit in a room for like an hour it's surreal shit like that yeah, yeah. that that is the, the, still stunning the point when i realized like this is no longer barstool of i think that everyone grew up in college whatever right. on was uh the joe burrow or coach o whatever yep. interview I was like, wait, what? That was the first interview that they gave? Yeah. How the fuck did this happen? Yeah, it's great. You know, we've always been with the athletes. Very strange because athletes, unlike ESPN where they're out and asking, athletes like asked to come, the ones that do well, like Kevin Hayes, who's had an unbelievable season for the Flyers. Like I'm legitimately very good friends with him. He's through the system. And we got to the point, kind of what you said, a lot of the guys who play sports now or in the pros, they grew up with us. Like they were reading it in like high school. So the the they're, they're like fans and then they know we're not out to get them like we're never trying to get yeah, out yeah, of yeah. people like gotcha quotes we're trying to be funny and interesting give a different look and they appreciate it but i think that's also why you guys are so successful right it's like media is shifting now to nobody cares about what does x you know network how do they take what i said manipulate it take a quote and put totally. their spin on it yep. like i just want to hear what you say i just right. want to hear what greg olson says whatever and you guys just created platforms where they can come do that and we're protective like i mean Kevin Hayes, like, for example, we got a video sent to us. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just making a ruckus in, like, a Chinese food restaurant. It was very funny. But I was like, dude, <laughs> like, clean it up. Like, we're not going to post it. Just heads up. So, you know, we're not it, – it, it, we're not out – Yeah, you're like, not TMZ. Guys, to, yeah, we're not out trying to make people look bad. And we're also one of the few places, especially nowadays, where, like, we don't really apologize for – hey, you like to drink beer and, like, go fuck chicks. Like, that's, like, frowned upon somehow now. Like – we don't it's like all right we're we're guys like we're not 
We're not bad. We're not what everyone's You're saying. You're just authentic. Correct. It's just like, literally, this is what I would do if the camera wasn't here. So, yes. like, if you want to watch, watch. If not, then don't. That's always, always the shit that I've heard the negative about me. They're always like, if he says this on camera, imagine what he says off camera. It's like, that. That's the fucking point. Like you're getting as unfiltered. That's why you're mad to begin with is because I literally said the worst thing I was going to say. Right, right. And and that's it. Like there's nothing else. I'm talking as if we're not on camera. That's how I am all the time. I've always said I like the people I don't want. There's people who come through the walls and like, oh, I like this person. I don't like this person. This person is cool. Put a camera on me. Yeah. 24-7. You're going to get the same exact person 24-7. There's a lot of people probably not like that all right i got three questions to end it yep biggest regret you have over the last 17 years i really don't have many i've been asked this before and it's like i started one company it's this i did i have like irrational confidence because (laughs) like maybe other people would quit or whatever but everything i seem to do has seemed to work it's been a dream I mean, I started a company in my basement with no money delivering newspapers and got here. I would have been happy making 60 grand a year. Honestly, it wasn't about money. So it's hard for everything's worked. So I don't have business. I have have no regrets. All right. Side note real quick. The ESPN van talk controversy. What happened? So that, that was an interesting point in Barstool because part of my take blew up. And ESPN wanted them basically. And we're at a point, probably Dan and I more so than PFT, where he's looking, his open market value was more than what he was making here. It's like, kind of like everybody's like, how am I going to, you know, this is my moment too. So ESPN wanted them. I was never comfortable with the deal. But uh, essentially what happened was, and we did that deal. Why we agreed to that deal was to like, basically okay we we like can't test like, it see what happens not only test it we got to let them like stretch the legs and grow they wanted it dan and pft really wanted this deal um so it's like okay we'll, we'll try to make it work and at first espn just like wanted to call it like van talk no bar stool in it they essentially what they wanted to do was test drive dan pft the yeah contracts would be up in a little bit it's like yep. they knew they could probably pay them more and it was very obvious to like myself and eric like the we know what you're doing. So you if you're gonna use our talent, you better fucking call it Barstool Van Talk. So we did fine. This was like a year in the works. Ne- I, I was never comfortable with it. Um I always felt like they thought it was dirty, but we get there. And I don't know, a day or two after it launches. The first episode goes. First episode it goes. It was a hit. It did well. Okay. I mean, they put it on. I forget it was on like, like midnight one or, or two something. in the yeah, morning yeah. on ESPN two. Um, so they put it yeah. on. They didn't even give you ESPN. They gave you ESPN two yeah, and, and uh, one it, it was just smart because you have our audience who's going to watch it. And and honestly, those two guys are as talented. Dan, Dan's like the most talented, hardworking guy there is. So that he's got everything he does works. So it would have worked. Um, and then they cancel it. They issue a press release. I bef- I believe. Or no, we found out that they were canceling it. And it all stemmed from, I talked about Sam Ponder with Dan years and years ago. And Barstool, it's locker room talk. And we had a podcast, Pick'em Podcast, which we still do. It's like 10 years old. We'd call each other up and we were talking just about the games, which we always did. And, And Sam Ponder just had a kid. And she was toting the kid 
all over ESPN game day. And we were talking about a game and, and I and we were both going back and forth, but it's like, you know, I don't want to see Sam Ponder's kid on game day. Nobody does. I'll die on that hill. It's like young who want Sam Ponder's super hot, but nobody wants to see it's like an all-guy show. We, the reason she was hired is she's very attractive, knows football. Another thing I sometimes get in trouble, it's not a coincidence most sideline reporters are attractive. Doesn't mean that's the only requirement. You have to be talented, but you have to be pretty to look at. So it's like talking her way it's like i i I don't want to see her and her kid on the sideline anymore and i actually said she has to stop being a prude and slut it up that's what i said i'm assuming she didn't like that we didn't know she didn't like it okay we didn't even know so there so that's an important point you guys never had a never interaction okay so but but obviously understandable why she didn't like that totally yeah and i've said this about her in a respect First of all, it's not calling someone a slut. I said it. it's, it's semantics. I went back and looked. I called my sales guys. I just used the word a lot. It was a different time. It was a free word you could use. But <laughs> I was being like, we, you, you go stop. Yeah, stop being. Yeah, so whatever. I didn't call her. It's like you're being. I said the opposite. She's got her kid. and like. But three years pass, four years pass, and the show gets launched. And she starts, according to the press reports, the crusade against us being like, we're going to business with these guys who said this about me four years ago. I didn't even know what we said. We said it a lot. So that in that actual respect, I, I was like, I do respect Sampar. She held a grudge for four years. So I was going to say, yeah, she's a she, Dave Portnoy. She, she, <laughs> she waited for the moment and she came in guns ablazing and sank it. And, and the quote that John Skipper had. Kill shot. Yeah, it, yeah, and this, the quote John Skipper had was, "I didn't know that people would associate the Barstool Sports, Barstool Van Talk with Barstool Sports." It's like, what are you talking? About? He literally said that. By the way, like two weeks later, resigned. Coke addiction, best thing ever. Pup and champagne bottles. Did, I was gonna say, was that your? Uh, I, I, you that had a bottle. Great. So the Sam Ponder, where where I differ from Sam Ponder, because that part we said it. I have no problem with it. She then made up things that I didn't say and just blatant lies. So I can say, I just said what I said and I won't say it now. And she actually, the stoolies being who they are, went back and dug up like a thousand tweets of her calling people sluts and shit, similar language. She apologized. Like, it's like, I've changed as a person. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different world today than it was even five years ago. And, and that's always like Deadspin who, who you love despise <laughs> and are the first ones to throw stones at me in the past. They deleted their entire Twitter history, <laughs> all of it. And then they'd be like, we changed. I have always said, I won't delete any of my Twitter history. It's yeah. all there. It's an open book. I've said what I've said. Times are different. I wouldn't say it. Most of the shit that people dig up on me now is five to 10 years old. And they were meant to and, be and jokes. It and it wasn't bad at the time, mostly. There might be one or two that people get very upset about, right? And rightfully so. But for the most part... Most of it. There's nothing I ever have said that was with the intent to make people truly feel bad, unless I hate you. But then I won't use that. Like the things I say that are trouble are people I don't know or like just in conversation, like in a locker room environment. If I despise you, like Ross Gerber, I'm saying things to wound you on a professional level. But like the Sam Ponder thing came up so organically and we're like talking. I would have said it in a different way, but the point, like, nobody wants to see your newborn every single week in all your segments on College Game Day. I would say it like that. Did, did that show getting canceled say, fuck it, we're not going to play with the networks anymore? Pretty much. Okay. It, it, That's what it looks like. Yes. And you don't need them. 
I think TV still matters. Okay. And I would love a network, our own network. But like we do the Barcelona Sports Advisors, which I think is pretty much the best football show on TV. We tried to buy built it. Built for the internet. Like totally. literally built for the yeah, internet. Yeah. They, they tried to say they, that we couldn't swear in it. Like we like to beep out the words. They're like, you can't swear. Like, all right, we're not running. We're going to keep it fresh. Um, <laughs> the, it, it'll come around. I think everything will come around. I mean, when I did the. Uh, is TV ready for like what I'll call the internet content? Like how you use the green screen, you have all the yes. graphics, like TV's ready for that. Definitely. Okay. And it goes backward. I mean, again, you look at everything and he did get in trouble. With, like, you know, people just pick and choose the hypocrisy of everything, which drives me nuts. Like Jimmy Kimmel man show. And like that almost, if we did that and he did get in some trouble for, I think blackface. But if he, if I did the man show, I'd never stop hearing about it ever. I'd never get a job. I ne- people, what I say and do, even though we're very clear comedy, I've always said what people say about us is you go into a comedy show, you don't have a ticket, you don't know who the comedian is, you hear a joke you don't like, you go into the street, you'll be like, you never believe what this guy says and you give no context of where you heard. That's what I feel like people do to us. I don't know how it started. I don't know what it is because I think a lot of people now do kind of similar stuff to us. But when we say it, it hits different. And I have no idea why. You know, you just get uh, almost labeled as people, yeah. are, people are waiting for you to say something. And then like I can, double down. I get in yeah. fights. Like I don't back down. I'm never like, oops, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It's like, fuck you. It's like a joke. If you can't take it, get the fuck out. But is out that not the right way to handle it? Like, like in terms of there's some people who say something and they would immediately backtrack and almost like fake th- apologies. Yeah. And then the crowd or the mob wins. Right. Versus if you say something and you mean it and you just stand the line. Yeah. I get a lot on Twitter and anybody like, hey, when's he going to learn? You idiot. When are you going to do this? And I turn around. It's like, why would I change what I'm doing? Because it's what got us here. You know, it's like yeah. Barstool is as successful or more than I ever dreamed by being authentic and just being kind of myself. And by the way, my friends, I'm like just a combative person. And, and even like Kevin, who's sitting over here, it's relatively new. Like I'm pretty mean and straightforward. And then I forget about it like five minutes later. Like that's how I am. People can come in and like yell at me. I don't really care. That's just, that's my personality. That's fair. Yeah. Are you going to buy 1% of uh, net worth in Bitcoin? I'll get back. I've been saying I'll get back in Bitcoin. All right. I don't know when. I mean, like, I, so you my, should you should do it and then just wait till the end of next year. I, You know, you can't look at it because you got weak hands. Like, you'll sell it. That somebody made me like a mini pair of mittens. Like, I love the weak <laughs> did, hands. Did, did they? Did they? They sent it? me. Did a, you did you see all the uh, the replies to the question I asked yesterday? I said, what, what should I ask them? The weak 50% of them are just asking him, how, how does he, how does he eat with such weak hands? How does he <laughs> listen? Everyone thinks I'm like some, the, the, I know, I knew I had to be involved in crypto within like 15 minutes of starting to see the response. I'm like, Oh, these are kind of my people. And I, the get, best memes like that. Vindog is good. Well, Vindog's the best. I mean, if you, if you, 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 if you great, go, if you go Vindog versus Bitcoiners, who, who wins the meme? Vindog. War? I don't know. Let me, they're they're relentless. They're, it's one man versus an army. How many live action memes have you seen <laughs> from the Bitcoiners? Not listen. Not. If you if you put the he challenge out, categories. If, if you put the challenge well, out, then the Bitcoiners are going to send you live action memes, and they're and you're going to literally run out of money hiring all of them for for live action. Live memes. action memes are good. I listen. I, I they are good. Vindog I, is one of the best. Oh, Vindog is right on the perfect line of you can't tell whether he's serious or <laughs> because his his actual memes are all like super PG. 
So it's like he he puts your face on like a baseball and hits like a home run himself. <laughs> it's like there is no answer for that. There is no answer for the bin dog. He's um, out in his yard like yeah. drop kicking his son. And that's probably why we in the crypto like I don't know how many of them have actually like know who Vindog is or saw it, but there's very few people on our side of the world. Like when I saw Vindog, like I knew he was higher. Like oh my god, I have a <laughs> nuclear meme weapon sitting here. It's like well, I, I need this guy instantly. Hired we we literally he was a shop teacher that we hired. Um, he's like, what about my social? Security? All that's like, dude, just you're gonna make memes for us and kill people. <laughs> so, but no, the crypto. I, I love you talk, crypto. You, you talked a uh, somebody who was about to get social security out of taking social security to come make memes it, for Barstool. Memes like a lot. He'd been a shop teacher for like forty years. Um, the yeah, I, I'll get back in. My finances are so weird. It's like I I do like knowing what I have. I have so much in flux with Pen um, in my own day trading account, like. You, you cannot answer this, but what do you do? You just keep a bunch of cash, or is it all in pen? No, I I I have so. Like you strike me as a guy who's like super risky with yes. a majority, correct? But then you're also like I probably should keep more cash than most because I know I'm crazy and will do crazy dumb risky things. I'm pretty much pushing at all times. Like okay. I, uh, so I have my own day trading account, which is now about even. So I was down three, I was up four, and now I think right now I'm like dead even because okay. the last two weeks I've gotten lost like four mil. Um, <laughs> and then I have a pro, like uh, investment that I'm not like day trading, mm -hmm. but if you looked at what it is, it's still pretty risky. And I just like buying pen because it's like me. Is that what it is? All pen? Yeah. No. Uh, I, I probably have like I have like pen. I have Amazon. Oh, um, so you it's stock portfolio. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I don't have much like liquid, really. It's all invested. Yeah, you're not sitting with like ten million dollars in no. a bank account. I'm sitting with like nothing in the bank account. It's all <laughs> invested. It's all invested. Which by the way is a smart strategy right now, given the fact that they're gonna devalue the dollar and asset. Well, I don't know. It's the it depends who you talk to. Everyone says no. But I mean, again, I'm young enough, so it's like I'm not what are you, forty two? 43 so okay. like amazon i don't care if amazon goes down it's coming back like the amazon's fucking what's bezos shopify like those stocks. You, you had an amazon warehouse in your uh apartment for correct <laughs> yeah so those <laughs> stocks i have zero zero fear or anything like that of um you know the ones that i'm risking on like the the energy cars and shit like that not the teslas but like the younger ones and even like i said i don't think anyone knows this space the gambling i i will be safe but i think the majority it's a race to the bottom for a lot of the i think there'll be a ton of consolidation in the online gambling space that's fair uh last question every saturday dominoes mainly because it's just super you do every saturday every saturday for real for real Get where do you in. live in new york 44th and third what do you do what do you mean what like you're sitting here with me like I saw your like, what do you do? <laughs> the, 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 Dominoes is, the, is the inflection point. Uh, well, it, the, it 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 raises credibility issues. <laughs> so like, it does. If that's like what you're eating. Well, I was what I was going to ask. It just every Saturday, one meal, and I was going to ask where. I'm assuming that you've done a pizza review for it. Dominoes. Dominoes. Yeah, it's not good. No. No. That's why it raises credibility issues. What? Where did I mean, you? Do you remember like, what you ranked? How many times do you think you've eaten Dominoes in the last year? Over under five times. Did I times. do Domino's? It's it's it, the the I can't remember. The total, Dom, Domino's stock outperformed Amazon. The total all. on behalf. Well, it was the pandemic was very good. No, no, no. The last five years. Oh, five years. Really? Domino's Crushed outperformed it. Amazon. Crushed it. 
That's crushes not, impossible. I'm going to show you a uh, outperformed Amazon. I don't believe here's, that. Here's why. Because the mobile ordering, they've absolutely crushed it. I don't believe that, though. All right. Well, when I show you, you're going to go buy Domino's stock now. <laughs> Here. Look at this fucking chart. Domino's. Well, you're showing me stuff. But, uh, that, uh, all Domino's, right. That's a good chart, but I still. That's from 2010 to 2018. So eight years. Absolutely crushed Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. So you didn't answer though. What, what? do you do? What's your I do like, a bunch of stuff. All right, what? Invest. Build a company. What company? I've got a whole digital content thing. Okay. So right now these these are vacant. So are you like a professional? I'm, well, I'm, I'm here to ask you questions. Well, no, I'm that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what what is it? Uh so I've got a couple of funds, right, that I invest all early stage technology. Are you just no an investor? Stocks. Is that what you say? That, professional investor? Yeah, so I invest. So what's like your net worth? Are you rich? Huh? Rich enough. Are you richer than me? No. Okay. But where'd you make your money at? Where? How? Investing and then starting. Like you just took your own money and started. Investing. Oh no no no! I, I did other things. I worked at Facebook and, and other places, stuff like that too. But uh, and then I've got a uh, podcast. Got a email. Like I'm on day. it right now. You're on it right now. Correct. Top ten tech podcasts in the U.S. Got it. And then uh, there's obviously very good business to be in. Um, That's what, by the way, I always like the Ross Gerbers of the world. Do you like him? I, I, I'm cool with everybody. He's a cock <laughs> but, and a used car salesman. But I love guys like, what'd that guy do? What guy? Is he just... Uh, like, but, but, here, but here's the thing, right? So, But did he ever do... like Guys like that who chirp at me, it's like, dude, what are you talking... Like, like, you he, have to remember. But he, So here's the thing. A lot of those guys, you got to remember, they have built businesses. It's just not the type of business what that... What he like, built. Well, that's what I'm saying. He the, the place that he built, right is an asset management firm. Now, it's a completely different business than actually selling products or doing anything like that, but it's always a weird Those thing. Those who can't do, teach. <laughs> like, what is this quote he said at me? Where, uh, today. This guy, this guy really got underneath your skin. Well, huh? someone, when you were coming in, I saw somebody tweet at me, be like, ask him a girl because he's on your show. Oh, yeah, he came on the podcast. A bunch of the finance guys have. Yeah, because, right, you know why? Those guys need fucking publicity. Because they got to fucking sell their junk bonds to the fucking unknowing old ladies and steal their pensions. You realize that their, uh, their argument back would be that you're trying to get people to gamble. Totally. <laughs> but I'm honest about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, but like that's, that's also why it works. This, this Ross Gerber, Penn Gaming issued a ton of stock, as we called that secondary from a mile away. Penn is out of money with 41 bleeding casinos. They used pump Dave to pump the stock, and now the dump. That's, that's just a blatant lie. That's an absolute lie. Did you respond? Uh, my response was, hey, Ross, remember when you begged me to come on your podcast and I stuffed you in a locker? <laughs> All right, you deleted it. He did delete it because you are a used car salesman who lies and cheats and deletes whenever they're wrong. You should be in jail for stealing hard people's life savings with this screenshot. He did ask me to come on. He's like, come on my podcast. I was like, hey, I have, a, hey, I have an idea. Suck my dick. <laughs> you realize that <laughs> people in finance are not used to that type of reaction. Well, this guy, this guy thinks he, like, I don't have a memory. <laughs> like, he called me an idiot for not, he literally... He's the, all right. So the only reason I know who he is, he reached out to me. He's like, basically in so many words said, you're too dumb to invest your money. Give it to me and I'll invest it. I've seen plenty of people like you make money and blow it. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? So I said, I like talked about it 
basically like, who the fuck is this guy? And by the way, if you're out on Twitter trolling for people to invest, that's not who I want to invest with. I want to invest with people who I have to wine and dine them. That's who I want to give my money to. It's like, no, we don't want your money. Your money's no good here. Like, that's who I want to give my money. Not some fucking junk bond guy who's like, hey, give me your money on fucking Twitter to a rando. Who would ever give your money to that? That's not how it works. Like, you got to find somebody who's so exclusive that they don't want more people. Not fucking Ross Gerber. Do you, do you have anyone who manages any of your money? I have one guy, but it's like a oh. collab issue. Yeah. yeah. All right. But so you're not doing it all yourself? The No, I have a guy like JP Morgan. Yeah, who like helps. Oh, yeah. you, you like work with the suits at the bank. That call him a suit. <laughs> he probably doesn't. But again, mind. it's the same way. Like, so. In an endearing way. Yeah. There, yeah there's yeah. somebody who, like, I. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you send him emails? Hey, suit, will you? If his socks are down, like the suits, you, you and your suits, you're fucking killing me. But to his, he's actually been more conservative. He's like, you should sell. It's like, no, we're fucking pushing. Push, push. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, so there was a guy I know who started a hedge fund, like, through a friend or a friend. And it was the same word. It's like, I'll try to introduce you. It, it was hard to find somebody I was comfortable with. Not. Fucking this guy who was wearing rent the tux on the fucking social media begging people. Hold on. Go back to Domino's for a second. You don't remember if you did a uh, review or not. I actually thought I did it, but I think it's Pizza Hut. I don't think I've ever done it. Yeah, I don't remember Domino's. I'm telling you, you got, I'll order the pizza. I've had Domino's. No, no, no. Lately? Sober? No. Yeah, exactly. If you eat it sober, you're going to be shocked. St- stocks outperformed. Uh, I'll do a review. All well, right, that, you do yeah, a Domino's. That doesn't review. mean it's good. Well, people keep buying it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's good. No, it would. Do you keep buying shitty pizza? A lot of people would buy like there's plenty of no, shitty food. No, no, but food. do you? No, I don't. All right, but I mean, you, you could use there's plenty of stocks of food stocks I probably don't like that like Kentucky Fried Chicken, which I actually kind of but fast food McDonald's. I don't like McDonald's. Oh, that's blasphemous. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I like the taste. I don't like the after effects. Well, that's fine. Yeah, but you enjoy it when you're Correct. eating it. Yeah, of course. That's that's what makes it great. All right. That's it, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. No problem.